Welcome to the ICANN Podcast, the podcast of the Indiana Catholic Conference. The Indiana Catholic Conference is the official public policy voice of the Catholic bishops of Indiana. Welcome back to the ICANN Podcast. This is Alexander. And Angela. And this is the final podcast of the 2023 legislative session. We're going to do a summary today, and then we're going to talk about how you can stay involved this summer and into next year. But it may not be the final podcast until next year. If there's something that happens in the summer study or something that looks like it's popping up, stay tuned. We might have another podcast. Mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about what happened here at the very end of the session because last week I did a little update uh, and mentioned some of the things that were happening. But let's let's just do like a final final wrap up. Well, first and foremost. They gaveled out. It ended. Mm-hmm. Yay. <laughs> That's a sound of silent applause. <laughs> and so the the state passed its two-year budget, and m- many of the things that we were following were in the budget. One of those big things that was highlighted in the diocesan newspaper article that our, our um, freelance writer wrote was on school choice. There was a big expansion to school choice and what many call nearly universal. Um, Some have said as close to universal as you can get, where nearly 90%, excuse me, 97% of families in the state would qualify based on the new income requirements. In addition, there is the elimination of all the pathways into the program. And those were just a headache. Um, they were yeah. they were restrictions. If this, then this would allow you know a student and a family, and now you don't have to worry about those. Yeah, so that was definitely a big uh, what we would call legislative win. Uh, we also had some some mixed feelings about other things in the budget. So we have mental health. Legislation. This was Senate Bill 1 that we were following the whole time. And so what ultimately happened with, with this one, Angela? Well, we knew it was going to pass because it was, in fact, Senate Bill 1, which meant that it was a priority. Um, the big question was how much funding would it get? Mm-hmm. And when we first started talking, there had been a study, and it was said they needed over $130 million to fully fund. And when we say fully fund... Um, having mobile units, having the right people respond when there's a crisis, having the right places to take people who are in crisis, Um, all of those things, and not just pilot programs, but so that it could be done statewide. And when we first mentioned it in the podcast, the only funding they were talking about was $30 million. And $30 million is a long way from $130 million. And then just before the session wrapped up, um, the state learned that there was another one billion with the B point five uh, um, dollars that could be accessed, and so we were hopeful. Uh, we did not get the hundred and thirty million. Mm-hmm. We got 50, 50, 50 million. million. Yep. Again, fifty million is better than thirty million, but when you're talking about a state that's in crisis. Um, with re- well, with residents who are in crisis and need help, we want more, mm-hmm. and we hope we'll get more. 
Yeah, it I it seemed like legislators were interested in even though it didn't make it across uh, the finish line, but some kind of dedicated revenue stream in the form of a uh, an alcohol tax increase, cigarette tax increase, cell phone bill, uh, but dollar addition. But inquiring minds might ask, why do you need this revenue stream when you found $1.5 billion? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you carve out a few more hundred or tens of millions out of that? There was not an answer to that question. Yeah. So hopefully this th- th- there can be some good changes that happen, some good um, investment with the 50 million, at least enough to demonstrate that it's worth funding, especially if they do it on a smaller scale than what needs to happen. Um, So we'll continue to watch that in future sessions, but that was sort of a mixed uh, mixed emotions on that for us. And we will continue to encourage you to contact your legislators to remind them that it needs to be fully funded. I mean, that $140 million wasn't pulled out of thin air. It was after studies and looking at the resources and looking at what the cost. And undoubtedly, undoubtedly like other things, if they don't fund it this year and they wait to another budget year, it could be more than that because, you know, things increase. Mm-hmm. So you'll probably be hearing uh, hearing from us telling you to contact your lawmakers so that they can continue to add funding to give Hoosiers the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. So let's also talk about TANF. That was one that we were very happy with. Uh, finally across the finish line. Limited happiness. Uh, right. And so why why is that? Because if you read the fine print, it does not go into effect to 2025. Why? Because, you know, you think we had our special session last July and that law went into effect September 15th of the same year. This is a budget year. This is money that comes from the federal government. Why is it not going into effect Mm -hmm. until 2025? We don't have an answer for that other than it seems like some people's hearts are a little harder than they should be. We know that people, you know, went through tough times with COVID, losing jobs, some people being evicted. Uh, We know that inflation is high. We know that this amount hasn't changed since 1988. Money's needed now. Why 2025? We're happy that it was finally increased. But if you're looking at it from a cynical point of view, like I sometimes tend to do, you could say, well, they couldn't not increase it given record inflation. So they increased it, but because they really didn't want to, they waited till 2025. Mm. I hope that's not the reason, but until somebody gives me a better reason, I'm thinking hearts are not as soft as they should be. Mm. So mixed bag on TANF, I'd say the same for the earned income tax credit, which we were hoping for an expansion of that as well because it targets low to moderate income families with assistance as well as coupling it with the federal income tax credit which had some changes that would have been good for married couples foster parents uh, and and families with more kids than than two okay so instead of looking at it a glass half empty let's look at it glass half full and tell them about the the good portions of it alexander so so 
the good thing that happened was the the coupling with the federal earned income tax credit that was ultimately included in the budget the glass half empty perspective is there were no expansions to it as we hoped so uh, some good some bad in the earned income tax credit area as well uh, perhaps something that we could just look at in a positive light well you could always spin anything but increase of funding to food banks that was nearly doubled from the prior budget's appropriation. But maybe if TANF was increased the way it should be in a timely fashion, maybe you wouldn't need more money in food banks. Or maybe if there was a child, child t- tax credit or increase in the other, you wouldn't need more food banks. Thank food banks just something to think about right. it, it does highlight um, the, the sad reality of a greater much greater need that food banks have seen around the state so those are the main elements of the budget and the session that we were following this year um, as always you can go to our website for our ICANN updates that we did throughout the session if you want to see you know go back and, and look through everything that we were following um, every last every last bill and every last detail. Um, but for now, we're going to leave you with what we're going to do this summer, what we're anticipating doing, and how you can stay involved. But before that, we want to thank you for listening, for answering the call to contact either via email or leave phone calls or even contacting us with your questions or encouragement. We appreciate all of that. Yeah, we certainly uh, can't do this alone. There are just two of us at the state house, and it takes a whole network. That's why we're always trying to work on this network of Catholics who are willing, Catholics and non-Catholics, frankly, um, who are willing to uh, unite their voice uh, to ours in the expression of the what what we believe is the common good or the, f- the furthering the common good in Indiana. So as far as uh, activities this summer. You may recall two years ago the ICC did a study of the social encyclical Laudato Si by Pope Francis, and uh, we'll probably do something similar this summer. So stay tuned on the topic, on when that will be. It could be either July or August, but something where we invite you uh, alongside us to study, um, to reflect, to learn about some element of the church's social teaching, because that informs... how we think about public policy, how we think about um, engagement and faithful citizenship. And speaking of invitations, if anyone out there would like us to come to their church or their social concerns or social justice group or talk with their ministries or if you're a knight or a lady of the court um, and you want other people to know what the ICC is doing, we are happy to come and talk to anyone who would like to have us. And as we wrap up here, thank you to Catholic Radio Indy, um, especially if you've been listening on Catholic Radio Indy. Thank you for tuning in, and we appreciate their willingness to share this podcast with all of you as we've uh, followed legislation during the 2023 session. So I think that's all. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms, and we will. You'll maybe hear from us this summer. If not. Be sure to tune in next year when we start the 2024 Indiana General Assembly. God bless. God bless.